welcome to the Pastured Pig Podcast, where we share the successes and challenges of raising pigs on pasture. We talk to producers all over the country, from small homesteads to large commercial pasture operations. Whether you're new to pastured pigs or have been raising hogs for decades, we hope you hear new ideas and new perspectives on pasturing hogs. Here's your host, Troy McClung. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Pastured Pig Podcast. Obviously, it's been a while. You, some of you may be wondering where I've been. I've kind of been wondering that myself. Uh, but if you've been following the podcast, you know, as um, as COVID happened, there's a lot of things that changed as far as my uh, daily activities go. And one of which is I don't go to my office as much as I used to. In fact, I go to my office once a month, whether I need to or not. <laughs> so I've been working from home and then working specifically with um, some of my marketing clients. Um, so what happens when I work at home, of course, is I, living in paradise as I do, I have very spotty or very uh, lousy internet connection. In fact, I have the best internet connection you can get with satellite, um, but it, it has latency associated with it. So uh, when I try to do anything Skype or Zoom or anything like that, there's a lot of delay. Um, I don't have cell service. All I have really to communicate with the outside world in a conversation would be a landline. And you'd be amazed how difficult it is to find equipment these days to record a phone conversation for landlines. There's several things I've tried, ordered, got shipped in, tested it, and it failed miserably. So I think now maybe I have a solution. I actually will let you all be the judge of that. Uh, Tonight I don't have an interview. Uh, I'm going to do a a solo discussion uh, tonight. But the next couple podcasts we have lined up will be interviews. So we'll just have to see how that works out. Uh, The testing I've done, it seems like the sound quality is going to be good enough, uh, but you should see the, um, we would call it Southern Engineering here, um, that I've got set up to try to record a landline conversation. But anyway, let's move along. So one thing, um, I I feel like I'm uh, obligated to give you all some updates as to what's been going on in the farm since it's been a while. In fact, I don't even remember where we left off with my last updates. if you've been with the podcast for a while, you know we uh, got a, a new group of pigs from Six Oak Farms, uh, David Crafton down in South Carolina. Uh, we raised those out and processed those in July and August. They processed really well, really happy with how they finished. And in the in the interim, we had uh, we were supposed to get one boar. Uh, David gave me three, so I guess he gave me some bonus boars there. But we had... Uh, we were trying to get our boars separated and just ran out of time, of course, about the way my luck goes. In fact, the weekend I was planning to move them is when I saw them breeding uh, a couple gilts. So we had the two gilts that we were keeping. Uh, they were pregnant, so they farrowed in the end of September. And we had a litter of seven from one, and we had another litter of eight from the other. And uh, good-looking pigs, really happy with them. We had one that I had to put down because it, it the first night it got stepped on and its uh, back hip was broken, and it actually had some pretty bad internal damage there. So I had to put that one down, which is a drag. But other than that, we've had a really, really great farrowing. It's, it's great to have good farrowings back on the farm here. It's been a little uh, disappointing the previous year. Uh, but we had uh, some good farrowings there. And the pigs are doing great. They're creeping up on uh, just past four weeks old, I believe. So they're doing well. Some of those we are going to uh, send off farm. We, uh, at weaning time, we have um, quite a few of those spoken for. 
and then some will finish out here uh, over the winter. I don't like to overwinter a lot of a lot of pigs simply because uh, where we are with all of our steep hillsides and and of course dormant season that uh, we can really get a lot of pasture damage without things growing back and as wet as it's been. We haven't had a freezing winter in a while, so it's just usually cold and wet and muddy is what we end up having. Uh, some other details, we've had um, we've had uh, good success along the same lines with the Fairwing. We had a good success with our Fairwing barn. Uh, we've documented the details of that on our uh, Red Toolhouse uh, Homestead YouTube channel. But the, uh, the barn is a structure that's been on the property for a while. I built it years ago, but just now recently dedicated to Fairwing. Uh, two separate areas, uh, doors and, and areas that I can separate, uh, rub rails, creep area, all that type of stuff. So finally have that type of infrastructure in place that was very helpful. And I think that helped make our fairwing as successful as it was. Uh, we just recently castrated our uh, the, the piglets that we had, of course, the male piglets kept one behind or kept one behind, kept one intact as it will be going up to upstate New York, actually. Uh, a gentleman up there is, is coming down to West Virginia to, to acquire one. So he'll be, uh, he'll be going north at some point here soon. Well, let's go ahead and get into our main topic. And that main topic is discussing the need for a good processing cut sheet. And when you think about cut sheets, it may not be the most glamorous of discussion, uh, but I think it's a very important discussion to have. And I think it's something we all need to maybe double check and, and make sure we fully understand the intricacies of our cut sheets. So if you obviously, if you've done any off-farm processing, those of you that raise your own hogs and butcher them and put them up for your own consumption or share with your family, then you may not be that familiar with a cut sheet or what it is. But if you process off-farm, then you're going to be familiar with uh, this term. Basically, it's just a set of instructions that tell the actual processor, the butcher, who is ever cutting up your pig, how to cut it up, how you want your cuts to be. And that sheet is, um, is one of those deals that it, it follows your hog around the shop. So it, it's just a set of instructions that go along from the kill floor all the way to the uh, vacuum sealing of your final product. And uh, it, it's kind of interesting when I say it follows the pig around the floor. Uh, it, it's, it's funny, I always request my cut sheets back, so I have records of that from the actual processor. And they usually make copies. Sometimes, however, they won't give me the, the, the photocopy. They'll give me the actual live cut sheet or the actual, the, the real cut sheet, which is, <laughs> looks like it's been in a crime scene. It has you know, blood and fingerprints and everything all over it, so that makes my file cabinet interesting when I have... Uh, open it up and it's you see all this these dried blood on this paper but the cut sheet I do like having it back just so I have that for the records there so understanding the cut sheet and making sure your cut sheet is accurate will really make or break your entire hog raising endeavor you know we've talked about it before on the podcast that probably one of the most frustrating things about pastured pigs or at least for me is you you go through all the effort you know we're pharaoh to finish so we go through all the effort of 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 picking the right mothers, picking the right breed, farrowing, uh, weaning, castrating, all that type of stuff, raising out on pasture, making sure they get the best feed, they have the best possible lives that they can up until that one bad day. And then you load all your hogs that you've worked hard to, to grow and to finish. You load them up in a trailer and you take them to somebody and you turn that entire uh, responsibility over to, to somebody you have no control over. 
And that's one of the, you know, to me, one of the frustrating things. You know, if I had a processing facility on farm, then I could uh, eliminate those issues. Most of us don't have that. But uh, when you turn that hog over, when you turn your group of hogs over, you're really at the mercy of the processor. Are they going to get uh, the processing instructions correct? And that's where, again, the cut sheet comes into play. So you can imagine if you've got a couple little issues with one cut sheet for one hog, how that can be multiplied and amplified when you're bringing 10 hogs, 20 hogs, 30 hogs, how many of you are bringing at your processor at any given time, it can really start to make those uh, little nuances or little concerns be major concerns. It can mess up your entire process. Cost you, it could end up costing you a lot of money or at least a lot of time in trying to figure out uh, the headaches. Sometimes you even have to give some of your customers uh, discounts or rebates due to some of the issues that come up. So as far as cut sheets go, I want to talk about this in, in like three different areas, uh, three different scenarios. So let's say the first one is um, you need to have a better understanding before you get your hog processed for personal consumption. So maybe this is just one of those deals where you've raised out one or two hogs uh, for your farm, for your homestead. You're going to take it off farm to be processed because you want some of the, you know, the curing, the smoking, all the things that maybe you don't have the equipment to do or the knowledge to do on farm. So you're going to send that out to be done at some local processor. Well, understanding how to fill that out and exactly what that means from the processor, of course, is very important. Second scenario would be if you're, if you're raising hogs for custom sales, custom processing, which would be your whole or half type situation, which most states... Uh, in the United States, and I'm speaking primarily to my American audience here, uh, the law allows you to, you know, technically you're selling that live animal to your customer, you're just providing a service of delivering it to the processor, that they actually work with the processor to uh, get the instructions taken care of, and, that, and we're going to get into that here in a second. So in those situations, if you're providing a custom processing and you have some interaction between your customer and the processor, and then of course having a good understanding there is going to be very, very important. And of course, finally, the the kind of the penultimate processing process, I guess would be the proper term, is having a better understanding of the cut sheet when you're selling individual cuts for resale. So your 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 customer isn't involved in this process, but you and the processor are the ones that need to have a clear understanding of exactly what you want, how you want things packaged, how you want them uh, processed, how you want them finished. All of those things need to be conveyed through your cut sheet. So let's look at scenario number one. If um, Again, if this is just a situation where you want to put a hog or two in the freezer, you've, you've done well raising them on farm, there's some uh, value-added elements, uh, features that you want to have in your processing that you can't do on farm, you just don't want to take it on, or you're scared, whatever the case may be. Whatever it is, you're going to send it all farm to be processed. So in, in this situation, if you don't have a long, if you haven't had a long-standing relationship with your processor, or you're trying to to try, or you're trying out a new one, again, with, with all the craziness of, of COVID and how the processing facilities have been tied up, uh, a lot of us, and me included, have had to deal with new processors and try that on. So that's added a little extra stress. But here's some tips. If, you're, if, you're, if you don't have a longstanding relationship with a processor, here's some tips I'd recommend. First and foremost, request a copy of their cut sheet to be sent to you in advance. Yeah, maybe a week or two before your processing date, so you can review and ask questions and, and really kind of explore things you may not understand. When we look at 
cut sheets, sometimes they can be a little cryptic when they come from the processor. Because again, it's not necessarily their um, marketing efforts to communicate with a customer base. It's their tool, it's a function item to follow the pig around to make sure uh, the person's employees, if there's multiple employees involved, are cutting up the hog accordingly. So it's really a tool for them. So they're going to have uh, you know, what we would call maybe inside baseball language, have things that are unique to them that only they would understand sometimes. Uh, sometimes things can even be cryptic or sometimes they just leave stuff off. So review that, look at it, make sure you understand point by point. And if you have questions, of course, write them down and be prepared to go through them quickly. You know, I've discovered that processors, depending on the season, and right now the entire season's busy, yeah, they're very busy, so you don't want to just keep calling them back with questions, say, oh, I forgot to ask you this, or I forgot to ask you that. Those things can be very frustrating for the processor and can already get you off on the wrong foot. So yeah, this is when you would ask, and sometimes with a processing cut sheet, it's what's not there that you have to look at more than what is there. Because in my experience, these cut sheets I run into are very, very basic. So it's almost like if you have any type of special requests, then you they just end up writing those in the margins and do those type of things. So that's where you want to have that communication with them to make sure you fully understand and they fully understand what you're trying to get. So that could be simple, simple things like the details of their sausage mix ingredients. You know, there's not a one-size-fits-all sausage mix. In fact, my goodness, you can find all kinds of variations. Now, there may be some limits they can do because if they're a larger processing facility, USDA inspected or state inspected, they'll have certain rules they have to follow as far as what goes in their sausage mix. Uh, but you can explore that and understand what they're using. Do they use MSG? Do they not? You know, what, what's their, what, you know, how much salt, how much sugar, how much sage, all those type of things. You can figure that out. You can also go ask about their smoking and curing process. Do they have multiple options for smoking and curing? Uh, and then, of course, you know their, their packaging options. Sometimes cut sheets incorporate their packaging instructions. Sometimes they, they don't. So if this is something you want wrapped in paper, freezer paper, or you want vacuum sealed, or you want paper and sealed, then those are the type of, of questions that you, you could possibly run into this first glance at the cut sheet. Um, <clears throat> Try to, so if you're new to, to raising pigs or it's, it's something you've just been getting into, try to learn the cuts of a hog. And, and by that, I mean, actually understand what the options are. When uh, somebody says something about Boston butt or a picnic roast, uh, know where that is. Know what those details mean. And the best way that that would suggest doing that really is, is just going to YouTube. My goodness, there are so many videos out there that detail the cuts of a hog and even show somebody breaking it down entirely. I've, I've seen several videos, really well-produced videos, of butchers breaking down a whole half, a whole half, a half a hog entirely, breaking it down and detailing exactly, okay, this is where we're going to get this out of, this is where we're going to get that. If we go this way, we'll have boneless chops. If we go that way, we'll have bone-in chops, all those type of things. Very, very helpful to have. So don't be that person, and I've talked about that on the podcast before. Don't be that person that talks to the processor and says, hey, um, I'm going to bring you a 300-pound you know, hog, and I want it to all be processed as bacon. You know, I want all bacon out of that, out of that pig. You know, that's, you know, don't be that guy where the processor just, you, know, he, you can hear his eyes roll on the phone. He's like, oh, goodness, I got one of these guys. So don't let that happen to you. On the flip side as well, don't don't kind of blow this off. You know, when you the day that you show up to deliver your hog, you know, don't just walk in and say, "Hey, you got a cut sheet I can fill out real quick." 
Now, the, um, yeah, that's obviously the wrong way to go with that. Sometimes the processors I've run into, when I ask them in advance, they're like, oh, we can take care of it when you come in. It's like, nah, nah, I'd really like to look at that now in advance to make sure I don't have any questions. And you can even say, I don't want to tie up your time. I don't want to end up coming in, standing there for an hour as asking these questions. So let's go ahead and get this out of the way now. So yeah, don't let the processor just say, I will fill that when you get here. It's no big deal. It's just a couple little quick, quick questions. Again, you may have more details that you want to talk, talk about. So if you walk in with your cut sheet, I don't, I don't recommend sending it in advance. It's really something they want to take immediately, write a tag number on it or write some sort of identification to associate it with your pig that's on the trailer getting unloaded at that time. So sending it in advance could just cause some issues. But take your cut sheets in and ask the processor to look at them. Uh, not just hand them to him and, and say, okay, yeah, we'll get to this at some point. Say, hey, would you mind just looking over that real quick and just review those points and make sure I didn't write something down incorrect or you know, there's something that you don't understand that I'm trying to convey there. And of course, as I mentioned already, you want to get a copy of your cut sheet after processing is complete. What I like, the reason why I like to get my cut sheet back is because I get to see all of their notes, their weights, some of the issues they ran into, if there's anything like that, special instructions they've given their employees. It's just really good data, and I find it very useful to come back and look at that at times, see how things certain you know, cured out, those type of things, cure times. Uh, it just depends on how much detail they include, of course, on their cut sheet. Well, as we mentioned, the second scenario, this would be your foray into custom processing where you actually would have customers that you're selling holes and half hogs to. So here's where you kind of have a fork in the road. Uh, as I mentioned, custom processing, of course, is you've sold the live animal and most likely will deliver it to the processor. That's what I've seen a lot of people do. And this is where the fork in the road happens. How much are you involved in that process going forward? Now, Check your state laws because depending on how you word this and how you interact with your customer could actually rub against that law. Because again, most state level custom, and, uh, custom processors, it is under the guise that you are selling a live animal to the customer and they are responsible for processing. You're not selling them a processed animal. So if, if depending on the situation in your state, you can check with your customer and say, okay, here's, here's the, the fork in the road. I'm going to deliver this animal to the processor, so I'm doing you an extra service. You don't have to come to my farm and pick up a live animal and take it to wherever you're going to process it. I'm going to take it to the processor. I recommend processor X. So you can take it, drop it off, and say, okay, it's your responsibility to call processor X and deal with them. And that would really remove a lot of burden or responsibility for you as the farmer, as, a, as the, the guy that actually produced the, the hog. But you just imagine, I, I've got horror stories from certain processors that you do that, and it's like you get a call maybe a month later, and it's like, wow, everything I ordered was messed up. I didn't understand that this meant that, and he said this, or even the argument, I thought I would get a lot more pork back. I think maybe he kept some of my pork. Yeah, all those things you run into. So that spooks me a little bit, and then, of course, one processor, one of the first ones I used, uh, my customers, actually lost customers, they came back and said, I would never send an animal to that processor. We got there, it just so happened, <laughs> terrible story. We, we processed in fall, and by the time the hogs were ready, we're just at the peak of white-tailed deer season, rifle season. So uh, this guy's this processor that I would take stuff to, I don't take it to there anymore, he would have all of these hunters bring their deer in 
and just lay them out in the parking lot in front of his facility. So, I mean, it looked like that Cambodian killing fields for whitetail. It just carcasses everywhere. And of course, the smells and all those type of things that associated with that. It's just ridiculous. So it just so happened. I didn't realize that was what was going on. And I'm sending my customers down to pick up their pork. And it's like, hey, we had to walk through a war zone. And, you know, the corpses everywhere. So uh, I lost a couple customers over that. They said, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I ever want to do a whole half again. It just, it's not something I want to be involved in. So what I've done, and again, it's all about the language you use. I take my hogs to the processor that, uh, that we've chosen, that we work with. I tell my customer, hey, I'm taking it to the processor, but I'm going to be a liaison. I'm, I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm not selling you individual cuts, but I'm going to be a liaison. I'm going to help you communicate with the processor. So I'll be the go-between. So what I do in that situation is I actually produce my own cut sheet. And with that cut sheet, I... I, I spell things out better for, I just assume the base level, my customer knows very little about pork processing and pork cuts. So I create a cut sheet that has a lot more detail, maybe even simplified some things. If there's 16 options for something, maybe I only give them two, um, just because I don't want to muddy the water, whatever the case may be. But have a cut sheet that has a lot more explanation to it. It it's really becomes a marketing piece for my, for my farm. I send it to them, say, hey, check this out, read all the fine print, read the details. It has maybe some, you know, some facts, some, some questions, it talks about how we're going to do this, how the process works, defines hanging weight, defines all those things so they can get a better idea of what they're actually buying. And hopefully there's, there's zero to much less surprises when they get their finished product. So with that cut sheet, of course, it, it allows me to have more control over that when communicating with the customer. And I'm not relying on the processor himself or herself to communicate with my customer and get sideways somehow with that. Um, so the, the thing about that, of course, you know, the pros of that, because you know, there's, there's definitely some pros and cons to doing that. The pros of that, it's a lot simpler for the customer. As I mentioned, the customer can understand it. I've, I've dummied it down quite a bit. I've used uh, layman's terms. I've made sure they understand uh, hey, when you're when you're talking about smoked meat and you're talking about cured, then yeah, this is this is actually what that means. Um, it allows me to avoid the troubled areas. So again, yeah, the the issues with the options to say you know if if I'm going to allow you to if I've got to give you an opportunity to cut your pork chops in all these different thicknesses increments of a quarter inch, then that just just kind of muddies the water. So I I have a lot of multiple choice on my cut sheets. And it helps smooth that out and keep that rolling. Uh, as I mentioned, also it becomes a marketing piece. It has an element of professionalism to the farm. So when people see that, it's it's a branded cut sheet. Again, it has uh, it's been designed well. It's been laid out well. So it has uh, a lot of, of marketing flair to it. Um, and of course, it eliminates surprises upon delivery. If the if the customer has filled it out based upon the information I've provided, then when they get their their meat back there's less likely a chance of surprise. Now, of course, the cons, and there's a huge con in all this, is this, of course, solely puts the responsibility of translating the customer's desires to the processor sheet. So if, if they're filling out my cut sheet, I can't turn around and give my cut sheet to the processor because like, well, wait a minute, this, I take this sheet and make it my instructions to follow your pig around so all my staff knows. If you've totally changed the layout, I can't use that. 
So that's the con. So what I have to do is I take all my customers' cut sheets and I sit down in the evening and yeah, before we're before we're going to the processor and I take the processor's cut sheet and the customer's cut sheet and I fill them out. And I have a lot of checks and balances in place. I have my wife involved in that as well to hopefully eliminate any human error. But what that does, that puts that burden of responsibility 100% on my shoulders. Um, that's a that's a, a burden I'm I'm fine with risking. But what it also allows me to do is when I look at this, my customer's cut sheet based upon my information, it eliminates most of the questions or concerns, but then it also allows me to come back and address things that, that I think, okay, I'm not sure they fully understand this. For example, when I, uh, we offer with, with hams. So of course, if you want to have your ham as a whole ham, and you want it smoked and cured. You know, those are the. You know, if you want it to be a ham, we're going to cure it, and you know, we'll smoke it. There's there's certain different ways we can do that, but to be ham, it, it has to go through a certain curing process. And um, what what I find sometimes, one of the options I have well as well on there is, do you want a whole ham, or do you want a sliced ham? So I had one customer, and unfortunately, we had the conversation uh, prior to. I said, so you want your ham sliced? Do you want basically you know, ham steaks, blah, 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 type of thing? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I wanted a spiral cuts uh, ham. It's like, oh, no, no, this, you know, we, we don't do that. We, we don't have the option of doing a spiral cut. So when, I, when my cut sheet says sliced ham, that means you're going to get, instead of one big ham and a huge vacuum sealed package, you're going to get a whole bunch of smaller vacuum sealed packets of sliced ham like you would go get at a restaurant or the Cracker Barrel or whatever. That's that's what you're going to get. And they're like, oh, oh, oh my goodness. No, no, I don't want that. I want a whole ham. I still want to have something for Christmas, but I just thought I could get it spiral cut. So those things we kind of run into. And then, of course, you know, the, the never-ending conversation about bacon when, when people are, are new, customers are new to this. Uh, they say, well, I, you know, I want fresh bacon. Fresh bacon sounds great to me. Um, you know, obviously we don't call it green. <laughs> so I want fresh bacon because I want everything fresh. Well, fresh bacon is, is not cured. It's not smoked. Uh, so you know, we, we explain that in, in better detail to say, okay, fresh bacon actually means it's not going to taste like, it's, it's sliced pork belly at that point. It's not going to taste like bacon as you would think is bacon. Unless I have some Canadian customers, which I've had some of those people that were uh, transplants from, from Canada or, or even the, the northern part of the country. They're like, oh, no, no, we, we really do want fresh bacon because here's what we do with it. Okay, you understand it. So it allows me to define that better and, of course, have those, those conversations. Now, again, another con associated with this, of course, is make sure you understand the processor's requirements. So if I'm writing my own cut sheet, it's like, I, I, you know, sky's the limit. I'm going to do this. I'm going to offer all these type of, of options, or I'm going to really get into some value-added stuff here. <laughs> you got to make sure your processor can handle that. And, uh, and there may be even some minimums or some specific requirements a processor has. I, I think of one that I use really like this processor, but they have a minimum of 20 pounds of, of ground, you know, so whatever they've got in trimmings, they have to have at least 20 pounds of ground before they would use the stuffer to stuff either brats or links. So if I had you know, a couple half hog customers and they wanted some of my lighter hogs, but they still wanted all their, their roasts and all those type of things, we may not come up with, with 20 pounds of ground. Or even if we do, they say, well, I want half of that in one pound bags so we can do breakfast sausage, but then also want half in links. Well, we don't have you know, 40 pounds of ground that come out of that one half hog. So there's times where we have to say, okay, here's, here's some of the parameters. 
So sometimes I include that on the cut sheet, sometimes I don't. I've, I've edited the cut sheet quite a bit from time to time, and I've discovered that when I start to get into too many details, then that's when the, the customer's noodle starts to get baked. So what happens is, in that situation, if I've got a half hog and knowing what they want and we've gotten a pretty good feel for it, that's when I call them and say, okay, you're wanting half breakfast sausage, or you know, sometimes I'll get, I want... You know, I want X amount in, in mild, I want X amount in hot, and then I want X amount in links. And I come back and say, well, you're not going to hit the 20-pound minimum with this, so we either need to give up one of these options, or maybe we need to ground some shoulders or something like that, and, and you know, maybe burn up some roasts. And it's interesting to hear you know, my customers respond to that. Uh, sometimes they'll go in a direction that I, I didn't think they would go in. So it's one of those situations you don't want to be writing a whole bunch of options that your processor isn't ready to take on. And uh, one of the processors I've used, makes it sound like I've used processors over and over again, but unfortunately I've had to do that, different ones. But one processor, his he doesn't mind doing stuffing, but his employees absolutely hate it. So they roll their eyes anytime I come in there and they're like, oh great, here comes the link guy. Because I have a lot of customers that like sausage links. So I just I just know that in advance. So I try to make sure my instructions are as clear as possible because I'm already raising the ire of the employees. And you may think, okay, well, well, that's a drag. That guy needs not needs to make sure his employees aren't like that. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, any, we can always criticize other people's business uh, processes and, and their employee interactions. But, yeah, when you only have so many choices, you only have so many choices. But they always do a good job. They just don't like running it. I always give him a hard time saying, won't you buy some good equipment that they're really excited about using instead of the junk that you have back there. <laughs> okay, uh, scenario three. So scenario three is kind of the, um, um, I don't even call it the pinnacle, but maybe it's the, the top end of, of pork processing. And that's when you are processing for individual cuts. So this in some ways can be a little bit easier to manage because you don't have that third person involved. You know, it's you the farmer, uh, be the customer and see the processor. We're taking that customer out because you are the ones you're the ones that are going to decide the cuts and then just make those cuts available to customers individually. So if you're doing this, hopefully you've had some experience working with processors before. I I don't know too many people that first year raise hogs and decide they're going to go uh, you know, whole hog or full bore, eh, pardon the pun, into this and decide that they are going to you know, do do cuts and, and really just you know, hit the ground running real hard that first year. So hopefully you've had a couple years of processing under your belt. You've worked with specific processors. You've gotten some of the nuance associated with that figured out. Uh, that's what I'm going to make the assumption here. So in that situation, you're most likely going to have multiple hogs and multiple cut sheets. Uh, so in that situation where you know, if you're, you're processing a hog for cuts, it's, it's to make it worth your while, I would think you know, four, five, 10, 15 hogs type of thing to, to cut up to get those commercial cuts that you want. So in, in my experience, this is where your cut sheets can actually get the most complicated because if you're trying to have a, a, a wide variety of cuts, Again, if you're familiar with pig cuts, there's a lot of a lot of ways you can take this. I mean, if you just think of sausage alone is, okay, do I want regular breakfast sausage with sage, without sage? Do I want mild? Do I want medium? Do I want hot? Do I want one-pound bags? Do I want two-pound bags? Do I want um, vacuum-sealed bags? Or do I want the old-school uh, old one-pound bags that they just twist tie? Do I want to then take them over to links? If so, what's the casing size of the links? Are the casings natural? Are they collagen? Blah, 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 blah. 
So you can see there's a lot, a lot of uh, situations there. And again, some sometimes your processor may be like, I'm not messing with any of that stuff. Here's the list of what you got, and that's what you can what you can get. But if you do have a nice processor that has a lot of those value-added services, you can just imagine how complicated that cut sheet can be. And filling each one of those out for each of your, your hogs can be a bit daunting. So it's one of those things where um, working with your processor and understanding, like, like my processor say, if you're bringing me uh, you know, whole hogs, of course, that we're doing all for cuts, then don't split this, don't split it up. If we're going to have, uh, you know, a lot of mild sausage, a lot of hot sausage, or a lot of links and a lot of regular breakfast sausage, then let's try to make it that per pig. So one entire hog, maybe, okay, here's where I'm getting all the mild. I'm not doing 50 and 50 here, mild and hot, with one hog and one cut sheet. This, you know, hog A is going to all be, all of the ground is going to be mild sausage. Hog B, all the ground is going to be hot sausage. Uh, gra uh, you know, pig C, all the ground is going to be links, those type of things. And it may not give you the exact amount of certain things you want, but it's going to get you pretty close uh, in that situation. Something with my recent processor, they allow me to even you know, provide half cut sheets for commercial cuts. So I can say, okay, take this hog and half it, and then here's cut sheet A that follows one half of the pig around, and here's cut sheet B that follows the other half of the pig around, and then I can do some of those variations within that one hog. So when I have that circumstance, I can pretty much get down very close to the number of packets that I want of individual cuts. So in, in this situation too, and, and this, this actually is for all, all three of the scenarios that I run into, or actually the, the two, because we sell holes and, holes and halves and cuts. But this is where I also get into details with um, you know, some of the odd things like um, you know, the organ meat or the lard, the back fat, you know, leaf lard versus the, you know, the rest of the pig fat. And those are the things that I want. So if I'm taking a lot of hogs in for commercial processing, then we'll, we'll talk about some of those details. And I've found a, a, a little bit of a market in our area for selling uh, back fat and leaf lard separately, but selling it in 20-pound bags. So I'll ask the processor, say, hey, take a, take a lot of back fat and you know, keep the you know, leaf lard separate, back fat, and, and let's package it up cut it up and let's put it in a 25 pound or 20 to 25 pound vacuum sealed bags and I sell those to my customers that want to do their own rendering and, and have lard for baking and other purposes. So that really comes in handy in that situation. But again, this is one of those situations where we want to make sure uh, that I've communicated with my processor in advance. So in this scenario where I'm taking four, five, ten hogs to be commercially processed individual cuts, then I'm going to have a, a conversation with them, a detailed conversation in advance and say, okay, I'm bringing you 10 hogs. They're all repackaged for commercial sales and, and knowing that there's additional cost because they're going to have to put certain labels on that. They weigh them and put the weights. You know, they're not putting the not for sale stickers on them on those type of things. So it's extra work for them. So they got to know. And in fact, the processor I'm using currently, they can only do X amount of hogs commercially packaged a week. So when I did my processing, I had to split my uh, delivery up in two to say, okay, half of these hogs on the trailer are custom, half of them are commercial, and then the next load I bring you two weeks later, same thing, half and half. Uh, so they can handle that in their, their production flow. So this is where you want to communicate with your, your processor well in that situation and understand, hey, 
I've got the cut sheets all filled out. I think they're adequate, but here's here's some of the details, and that way you can make sure you don't trip over anything the day that you get there, and, and they'd be like, oh, I didn't know you were going to do that. One other thing, too, is in a situation that I've run into is to make sure that your commercial cut sheets are distinguishable from your custom cut sheets. So as I mentioned in that, that uh, processing we did this year, two loads to the processor, two trailer loads um, with hogs on them that half were custom cuts and half were commercial cuts. So when I'm handing them two stacks of, of cut sheets, I clearly identified, and I think we put big circles at the top, and then even in my customer name, I have Red Toolhouse Farm. Uh, made sure you know, okay, here, these are custom, so they can be packaged you know, in this process. Now, the, the, the less uh, less time sensitive or, or less time consuming processing packaging method. And then here's my commercial cuts, which need to be weighed and need to be you know, bagged properly and have the weights on them, blah, blah, blah. So then he goes through and does his own identification. Oh, I'm glad you told me that because I want to make sure my, my staff know that, okay, this gets bagged this way and this gets bagged that way. And of course, that's how they charge me as well because you're charging more for commercial processing. So make sure that those are distinguishable. So you know, whichever your scenario is, just some, some final tips in this um, to kind of glue all this together is whichever your scenario is, make sure you understand the port cuts. I can't emphasize that enough. So if you're weak on understanding exactly um, where some of these cuts come from, just do your homework. Uh, you know, watch some YouTube videos, check out some internet sites, talk to some other people that have been processing for a while. You know, it, it, don't be afraid to ask dumb questions if you're talking to some old farmer or even a processor that's that's doesn't have a problem talking to you about it. Um, make sure you fully understand what your processor offers. Uh, a good processor, of course, will have a detailed sheet. Maybe they'll even have it on their website. But in my experience, most processors don't mess with marketing. So they don't have a good website. They don't have a lot of uh, handouts that will give you details. It usually is going to require some sort of verbal communication or some communication in email to say, do you guys do this? Do you offer that? Can, can I give this? So, uh, so again, you try to get those questions down, submit them all at once so you're not totally blowing somebody up day after day with all these questions. Along that same line, try to educate your customers on specific cuts. So if you've got people, especially people that are buying holes and halves, you know, when they're buying just individual cuts, that is what it is. Yeah, it's a pork job. Yeah, what do you expect? But if you're dealing with holes and halves, make sure people understand. I Again, I have funny questions that I get at times with, with new customers. I have one person ask me, I'm half a hog. Do I get the front half or the back half? <laughs> It's like, well, it depends on what you want to pay. Do you want to pay for the front half? <laughs> so yeah, just just little things like that, and it's like yeah, you, know, you, you don't want to you don't want to laugh in their face, but you got to get a little chuckle out of that and say, oh okay, well actually when we have it, we have it down the middle. We don't we don't have it front and back. So uh, make sure your customers understand um, at least the basics of the cuts, and uh, that will really help curb a lot of headaches there. And again, make sure you communicate well with your processor in advance, details of your cut sheet. If it's a new processor, spend the time on the front end talking about these things. If it's a processor you use for a while, just make sure there's no surprises. You're not going to throw them a curveball with some new request. Well, I'm going to make our cut sheet available for you all to review on our website. So you can go to redtoolhouse.com. Um, what we'll do is uh, we'll link it to the Pastured Pig podcast link. 
Uh, redtoolhouse.com, of course, serves as our farm and our YouTube channel. So there's a lot of stuff on that website. But if you go to redtoolhouse.com, uh, there'll be a, a link for Pastured Pig Podcast. You can click on that, and you'll be able to see a PDF of our uh, cut sheet, our existing cut sheet, the one that we've had uh, most current here. Uh, feel free to use anything from it if you want. Although I'm going to say with a big caveat, and I'm speaking from experience here, if you use my copy, if you use the text from my cut sheet, which is fine for you to do, please, please, please change the phone numbers. Don't leave my phone number in. Don't leave my processor's phone number in. That's just really going to make you look stupid and it's going to give you a lot of headaches. (laughs) Ask me how I know. So uh, feel free to help yourself to that. If you've got any other questions, of course, uh, you can reach out to me and, and I'll be more than happy to to share anything uh, of my experiences with cut sheets. Well, uh, as we wrap up here, again, I want to apologize for taking so long getting back online. Um, it's one of those things where it's, it became frustrating and, and actually really became a situation where you say, do I continue doing this or not? Because I'm just, I'm almost tired of fighting all these issues. But um Cooler heads prevailed. I wanted to keep it going. You guys have done a great job. Um, I appreciate the comments I get. I get comments on Facebook. We get the emails. Uh, I appreciate the encouragement. Uh, Podcasts always feels like you're broadcasting into the abyss. So um, you just wonder if anyone's even hearing you out there. Sure, we can look at the stats and see, oh, you've had this many downloads and blah, blah, blah. But you really don't get an idea of, okay, am I just... You know, I'm just up here with a mic making fart noises with my armpit, or am I actually reaching people with information they want to they wanna hear? So that feedback is very encouraging for me. Uh, I actually prefer that more than reviews. You know, the reviews help the podcast get uh, recognized more, but I'd much rather hear you all communicate directly with me through those conduits. So feel free, you know, Troy at redtoolhouse.com, uh, our website, our, our Facebook page, you can send a message there. You can go to our website and use our contact form and send me uh, any suggestions, any encouragements, any ideas. That would be very helpful. So along those same lines, if you if you want to submit an interview topic, I, I think, I, as I mentioned earlier here at the beginning of the podcast, I think I do have this process figured out, at least worthy of trying out. So I'm ready to start scheduling again and get some of this on there. So uh, if, if people have reached out to me in the last couple months suggesting, I'm going to try to go back through my emails and, and find all those and respond. But if I haven't responded to you, it's not because I don't think you're a good topic. Just respond back to me or ping me again. Say, hey, I sent you an email two, two months ago. I hadn't heard back. Just ping me again. We'll talk about it. I'm not going to just ignore anyone. Uh, you know, obviously, if you come on here and you say, I want to talk about ducks, then we're, we're not going to talk about ducks, but I'm at least going to respond to you and say, no, this is not the duck podcast. So feel free to reach out and let me know. You can do so at redtoolhouse.com or email direct Troy at redtoolhouse.com. Well, I hope as the season turns, uh, for most of you all that are dealing with four seasons like us, I hope uh, your transition into fall slash winter coming soon is going to be a good transition. And I pray you have a wonderful week out in the pasture. All right. Take care, everybody. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Pastured Pig Podcast. To learn more about our podcast or to submit topics or recommend guests for future episodes, visit redtoolhouse.com.